0: 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome so Tuesday, Miller and Condon with you for the next couple of hours, uh, talking sports with you, and thank you uh, for electing to spend at least a portion of the next couple of hours. Look, we hope you're here for the entire thing, but understand that uh, you're in all likelihood, that's a for for some folks, a tall task. But. Uh, the podcast will always be there. If there's a guest coming up that you uh, wanted to hear but you couldn't, you can go to the podcast page at KXNO.com, and there they will be. The BMW guest list for a Tuesday looks like this. We're going to hear from Vinny Iyer, the Sporting News. going to do a good piece on the NFL coming up here in about 25 minutes as they finish another week. Precious few of them remain, and it is getting very interesting uh, as far as these playoff races with a lot of these local teams, all of which, yes, Trent, still your Bears. What? All of the local teams still have a glimmer of hope, some more so than others, obviously.
1: Did you see on Twitter last night one of the Bears beat writers? I think I it was Mark Potish. You weren't buying that. No, no, he had a, a scenario where the Bears get in even at 9-7, and seven, don't even have to yeah. knock it off. I don't
0: think it's going to happen, but say, Levy. Um, at least three of the four are going to be um, clearly trying to find their place. Week sixteen and week seventeen: Packers, Vikings, Monday Night Football to bring a conclusion uh, to the Monday Night Football season. Week sixteen. So we'll talk to Vinny Ired about twenty-five minutes after the hour at ten o'clock. Scott Dachman going to slide on in here today. Uh, a couple of reasons we want Doc. We want to do recap the uh, uh, the football season, but uh, look, it's the ACC, Big Ten. Championship challenge tonight. The Hawks got a very fortunate draw. Mm-hmm. Syracuse. Boy, beheim what has happened to that squad?
1: You know, it's interesting. Oof. The move to the ACC, they've had some runs. They, of course, had the miraculous run to the Final Four, beating Virginia in the lead Eight. But overall, they haven't had great teams. They're good enough to be tournament teams. Mm-hmm. This isn't one of them. But not the Bayheim teams that we are used to. Yeah. Where's Carmelo Anthony? Where's Fab Mello? Where is... Where is Carmelo Anthony? She's He's not... in Portland. Is he in Portland? Yeah, he signed two, three weeks ago wearing, wearing number zero. There was is some he? story behind that that he uh-huh. had a long Instagram post. I didn't read it. <laughs> It's the NBA. We'll get to that in April.
0: Sound good? Yeah, maybe a couple of days. No, we were going to say a couple of days before Christmas, but April for sure. No, yes. look at that. We'll get into it a little bit once the, once football season's in the rearview mirror.
1: Speaking of that, have you watched any? We both watched the T-Wolves more uh, than I've any other the, team. I've watched some Minnesota Timberwolves, period. That's about it. That's I'm, it. Yep. I'm the same way early on before we got college basketball going. Mm-hmm. Watch a lot of Lakers. Mm-hmm. watch a little By the Luka way, Doncic. What's and- gotten into Andre Wiggins? Yeah. He Come looks on. like he cares. I mean Wiggins is playing well. He did not take kindly to being ranked not one of the top 150 players in the oh, NBA. I didn't see that. He didn't make the Yeah, that was list. some off-season some off-season topic, you know, that was out well, there. Well, they list. gave him what
0: 150 million? I think in his last contract, 2 and years, he's not even a top 150 player. Yeah, friend, and he signed a max deal. Yeah. Um, but he's playing well. You're right. No, he's off to a really good start, mm-hmm. uh, and the Timberwolves are above
1: five hundred. They right? are, yeah. So good. For, It'd be good, good for them. come playoff time to have them mm-hmm. in there and have at least a regional angle to hit because we're certainly not getting with the yeah. Bulls.
0: No, 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 we won't. Um, yeah, did what did I call him? And did I call him Anthony? It's Andrew. Wiggins. Andrew. Wiggins, man. Uh, anyways, we know who, he, I, um, who we. We're talking about uh, Canadian kid who turned down the Canadian Olympic team. Oh really? Way. Yes, turned them down. Said no. Nick Nurse coaching that team. And they're trying to qualify for the Olympics and come on. Nick Nurse, the coach NBA of the, coach of
1: the month. Yeah. Now, how do
0: we get off on this NBA? Why I have did no you idea. take us down this I, I path? have no idea. Let's, uh, let's swing
1: us back. Please, indeed, Ken. we
0: will. All right. So Scott Dockerman is going to slide on in here. We will talk uh, Syracuse. I think Carmelo Anthony started it. Uh, we'll talk Syracuse and Iowa and take a look back at the football season. Get Doc on record where they're going bowling in the eleven o'clock hour. Uh, we'll hear from Zuba Mahente from ESPN, and then John Walters. We'll talk a little Iowa State uh with uh, John Walters to finish out the show. Now, I have purposely stayed completely away from this because I don't believe it for a second. Mm-hmm. Florida State fans really think Matt Campbell's going there? Is, is that kind of what Twitter's telling me? So last night I guess night, Chris has been in a lot of back and forths with Seminole fans. Do
1: they really believe that? I there was certainly a lot of smoke last night. And the smoke I, I think ramped up at least on social media and especially Twitter when Somebody mentioned that there's going to be a players meeting with Matt Campbell. Well, we normally know what that means, right? Yeah. He's saying goodbye. Right. And so that's, I think, where the smoke became even bigger. For most coaches, didn't Chizik leave without saying goodbye to the team? I think he did. <laughs> it's a shocker, I could right? be mistaken.
0: Yeah. And if I am, I apologize to Gene Chizik, who I think has gone out to... I mean, he's won a national championship. I get that. Cam Newton, won I, a yeah, of course champion. he did. Of course he did. But anyways, uh, yeah. To your point, though,
1: that's normally the you way hear it happens. that happens. Yeah, and with it, I think there were some Cyclone fans who were starting to freak out a little. Whose bit. report was it though? It wasn't a report that he was leaving. It was that there was a players' meeting with the coach. And who who reported that? I think it was Stansbury Maybe had it. That that's where I really? saw. Really? Yeah. Now the meeting was for I'm not going anywhere. And some of the things that I saw out there is he wasn't real happy that he had to do that. Yeah. He was very frustrated behind it. But, you know, why Florida State? I will tell you, Matt Campbell and I are the exact same age. Mm-hmm. And for me, growing up as a big of a college yes, football fan, I get it, Trent. They Florida moved the needle. State, that program, yes. that was the top of the mountain. No question. It wasn't USC. USC for a long time before Carroll got there was a joke. Yeah. It wasn't Alabama. No, it wasn't Alabama. No. Gene Stallings had one great season, mm-hmm. what, 92? Mm-hmm. But Alabama was not the program we know it today. Right, Florida, it took a while to get to that level. On and on and on. It was Florida State. That was the program mm-hmm. with cachet. That was the program with of Deion the Sanders. U, but yeah, That was the program with Charlie Ward. That was yes. the U. I didn't like the U because Florida State was the team that I followed. And Matt Campbell being the same age as I, I can absolutely understand the allure. If that's even a possibility. But we're talking about completely different uh. context. An Ohio guy that has never been in the that's South, right. there's never two recruited jobs. there.
0: There's two jobs. And and one of them is not Florida State. Yeah. One of them is Notre Dame, the other is Ohio State, and that's not going to be open anytime
1: soon. Well, and the difference compared to even 12, 15 years ago when we talk about these coaching searches and you go nab the hot assistant or the hot coach from a lower-level power conference program is because those guys weren't getting paid. Mm-hmm. Now everybody's getting paid. Mm-hmm. $4 billion a year goes a long ways in Ames, Iowa. Yes. And even if you get a race to six or seven or eight, it's how much is, when is it enough? Mm-hmm. So it, Matt not Campbell the same
0: actually alert. had to address his team and shoot that down. That's what it sounded like. I had no idea. Maybe I should have clicked on it. I thought, you know, what a waste of time. He's not going anywhere. Uh, but And I still believe that. Anyways, let's move on uh, because I don't think it's worth... Um, you know, killing any conversation. Quite <laughs> frankly, let's uh, let's go back to last night. And what an entertaining football game! Oh, it so much was fun! Unbelievable. Boy, this Russell Wilson. Here is the thing: if you are a Vikings fan, I think today you wake up and you are thinking, "Boy, oh boy, I like our team." Uh... We're going to come up against some running backs, Mm -hmm. Trent. I was shocked the way Carson and Penny they chewed up yards in that football game and yards after first contact, seemingly
1: every single time. Both those guys were running so hard. Yes, I mean it was violent. They they saw a little crease and they were going there and they were Mm -hmm. going to pound and they were running through tackles and the physical nature of that something I just I'm not used to seeing with Seattle.
0: And I, I'm not used to seeing the Vikings uh, give up this many yards on the ground as they did last night. That was alarming. And look, they're still right in the football game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Bailey, the missed extra point is just typical Vikings, right? It's just unbelievable <laughs> yeah. that that would happen instead of, you know, needing a field goal to tie the game. You're behind the eight ball. You, now you need a touchdown. And Kurt Cousins, who's not exactly Mr. Monday Night, neither are you, by the way.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're back to 500.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, Kurt Cousins would love to be 500. Right. He's yeah, winless, yeah. for crying out loud. Uh, But look at this Vikings team is still very much alive. I agree with Mike Zimmer. This guy is not falling. Uh, You would have loved to have won it. Now it looks as though, you know, the Packers are going to have a couple of game lead on you and you've got one against them, you no longer uh, hold your own destiny in your hands. You need help from somebody on the Packers' schedule. Not that that can't happen, because it clearly can. Uh, Delvin Cook going out of the football game last night. That, I think, is worth watching closely, because that looked like a shoulder uh, when that happened.
1: He um, sounded optimistic after the game did. that he's he did. going to be ready to go this week. They
0: really need Adam Thielen, too. Let's they be do. Honest. They need Adam Thielen in the game. Kyle when, Rudolph's been terrific.
1: When Diggs went down at the same time... Oh, my God. ...as Delvin Cook, and, well, here we go. Uh-huh. And I joked to my Vikings buddies, oh, well, you got Laquan Treadwell. You'll be all right. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he catches a touchdown uh, yeah. oh, what, a couple minutes later after after I made that little quip at them. But Thielen, he is such a difference maker. He makes Diggs so much better. You yeah. mentioned Rudolph. Uh, not what just a year. The, not just the one-handed catch that he had there, but you're right. This season, mm-hmm. he has been dynamic. Trent, and I think if we, look, if we look back to February, March, he was on an island.
0: It looked yes. for the longest time that – if he was going he was still gonna play in the NFL but he wasn't gonna play in Minneapolis. Had to re structure uh-huh. the
1: contract and... I mean they
0: tied, they drafted a tight end very early in the in the uh in the draft last year. So you know Smith Jr. from Alabama who's a really good player in mm-hmm. the year apparent, but man, Rudolph is not going into the night quietly. He's he's taking claim to that spot. Um for Seattle, look, they ran the football well. Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. They're now the two seed overall. They're gonna get a playoff game. Uh should they continue to hold serve and who knows whether they will? Because we've got, thankfully, another uh, edition of the Niners and the Seahawks before the season comes to an end. Um, Josh Gordon was a nice pickup. DJ Metcalf looks as though he was—he's more than just, you know, the um, the uh, the the body that he had and put on display uh, at last year's uh, last year's combine. He, uh, he's it, more than that.
1: You got to call him by his correct name. That is, of course, it's uh, uh decaf. decaf Metcalf. Decaf Metcalf. Boy, they had a bad night, didn't they? They were. I am not one to get on the Monday Night Crew Nor like many people are. Nor am I. That was bad. The Minneapolis
0: Miracle didn't end up their way. Did you hear that? Booker McFarland actually oh, said that. Oh, They've had a Boog. lot of things go against them. The Minneapolis Miracle, come on. That's, that's two years ago. Two or three.
1: Two years ago, right? We're, we're not talking about Drew Pearson in the 1970-whatever the what? yes. playoff game against the Cowboys. Yes. Two years ago. Right. And it's named the Minneapolis Miracle because it happened for the Vikings. Yes. I don't think New Orleans Saints fans would be calling it the Minneapolis. Mer- maybe they would, but decaf can- Metcalf. Actually, I like the name, uh, it's
0: not but bad. He, he didn't uh, mean to do that on purposely, uh purpose rather. But uh, yeah, they had another bad night. It's gonna be is that's an that's an off season mm-hmm. uh, one to file away. What's going to happen because clearly that that booth is going to change. It has to, and maybe with Eli Manning retiring, we know who the heir apparent is. But I don't know how Peyton Manning gives up all the other stuff he's doing, right? And you know? he
1: he has such
0: control of oh, what he does, God, and yeah.
1: the flexibility that goes along. And he's with it. so
0: good at what he does. He's yes. such a good pitchman. You know what? I'm just speaking is so good. Did you happen to click on the uh, Katie Nolan vignette or whatever they're called? Katie Nolan, Sarah Spain, Carrie Champion, Julie Fowdy. Am I missing one? Fowdy, Spain, Nolan. How, Maria Taylor. Okay. How we're going to ruin sports today for men. Oh,
1: yeah? I, I haven't it seen is it.
0: unbelievably brilliant.
1: I really enjoy Katie Nolan's work. She's really See, good. She's really I, funny.
0: She is. And here's the thing. My biggest takeaway from that, Trent, was, as I said a couple of years ago and got criticized because no one got what I was saying about Chris Hassel, that he's costing himself money doing an update. Mm-hmm. He's more than that. Yes, no he's, doubt. He's he's leaving money on the table, and people thought that I was killing Chris Hassel. That's not what I was doing. He should be on Saturday Night Live. Yes, that's my point. And he still should be. Yeah. And he's good as a sports cast, but he's better at other things. Katie Nolan. Mm-hmm. My God, she's good. She is. She's, I, and isn't she buried like at one o'clock in the morning? Or she something? is. Yeah.
1: Twelve thirty, I think, is when it is. So maybe eleven thirty our time. What are they thinking over there? Just not room for it. They don't think it'll play. It won't oh. get the numbers. Well, remember, though, when she first started, it was ESPN Plus only, her show.
0: I don't remember. But... And
1: now it is on ESPN 2. Yeah. So at least moving up in the world, I- I'm right there with you. I think she's incredibly entertaining. She's fun. Oh, she's all interesting. All the women
0: in that video, Trent, you yeah. will, I, you'll like it. I'm looking forward to no, it. No, it's really good. Find the six. There's a two-minute, and then there's a longer version. of okay. six minutes that starts. Um, I watched them both, and I'm glad I did. It's brilliantly done. Katie Nolan is a star.
1: Breaking news. What have you got, Trent Condon? Matt Campbell has agreed to a contract extension with Iowa State University. They quote from Coach Campbell, I greatly appreciate Dr. Winterstein and Jamie's proactive approach to extending my contract. My staff and I will be on the road this week actively recruiting the next class of Cyclones, Uh, and it is important uh, uh, for recruits and their families to understand my commitment to to Iowa State, unquote. Bang! There you go. How about that? So this is, now was
0: Florida State. That's not the sole reason. I wonder if Pollard was going to do this with or without the Florida I State news. I would guess so. because I would too.
1: this is going to happen. This is going to be a conversation. Yep. It's going to continue, and it's still going to continue after this. Right? The, he's, the, this, he's a
0: wanted man. This, this is for you. The,
1: this is the part that it. I don't know. Sometimes it drives me nuts. Sometimes it just makes me chuckle. But. P.J. Fleck, you know, he just signed a contract. Right, Essentially, right. he's going nowhere. Right? Yeah. I mean, how, <laughs> you understand <laughs> mm-hmm. these contracts can be broken. Yeah. No. We have seen it literally thousands of just times look before. At,
0: look at Nick Saban. Go back and yes. wiki, wiki uh, Google Nick Saban. I mean, as the Dolphins' coach. Yes. Not leaving Michigan State for
1: crying out loud! Right. He's still there, isn't he? <laughs> I mean, God. LSU this, you can be there forever. This does not lock them in. They're not no. indentured servants. They can still move, yes. even with the contract extension. It's just going to cost whoever their next school is money. Yes. Uh good for Matt Campbell. Mm-hmm. Good for Matt Campbell.
0: I, I, just, I mean, I said it five minutes ago, and I believe it. There's, there's two jobs I think would interest him. I'm not saying he's going to. would go to either of them. And Ohio State's out of the question. But good for you, Matt Campbell. And uh, how about the assistants? Did it say anything about his staff? Is there uh, any staff I just saw money
1: the the little quote there. I'll, I'll look through the details and see if it has. You would. Figure though certainly that there's going to be raises also mm-hmm. for for the assistants that are there and everybody else. So this else. is
0: on, this only tax on a year. He was signed through 2000. This is Alex Hallstead Campbell signed through 2024 last off season. So this this new deal goes through 2025. It adds on a year. Monetary details will come later, um, but just, that's not going to increase and be a big part of things budget. Buyout, staff salary, etc. Will be parts of it. So good. Some of the guys that uh, that work for him looks as though they're going to get a little bump as well. Um, and they should. And they should. It's look. This season didn't live up to what a lot of people in their fan base thought it was going to be. But um, historically, mm-hmm.
1: it's pretty good for Iowa State. Matt Campbell, you said, of course, Ohio State. Yeah. Notre Dame. What about Penn State? Uh, what about Michigan? I mean, those are... <laughs> You'd be crazy not to listen, right?
0: Yes. would be crazy not to listen. But, um,
1: uh, you know, what, what about Oklahoma? Oklahoma?
0: Let's not speculate today because the fans got to be feeling pretty good about their, their guy just signed another extension and basically gave the middle finger to a pretty big name in Florida <laughs> yes. State, right, by the way. Uh, so, good for you. All right, let's uh, talk about the Cubs news now. Tomorrow, we're only here for 15 minutes? 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And then, Mr. Joe, Joe O'Donnell's got a, uh, the Iowa Wild tomorrow, so yes. we're, we've got 15 minutes. So why, the reason I mention that is Cappy's usually here on Wednesdays. We'll push him into Thursday this week. Next week, he's going to be actually at the winter meetings uh, in San Diego. So uh, since I'm going to be gone Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll get Cappy. But there is Cubs news that uh, that broke yesterday. And uh, Addison Russell and the Cubs have parted ways, more so the Cubs' decision to yes, part yes. ways. This was not mutual and it's the right thing to do it was never going to work out after the uh incidents the multiple incidents with uh, his his uh, fiance's girlfriend the mother of his child or child for sure um and look, they'll always have 2016, right? The year that he had, the role that he played on that team, the number of runners he drove in. He drove in over 90 guys that year. What was the final number? Was it 90 or was it north of 90? I think it was 90, like 90. RBI, 90 plus RBI in 2016. He will never. Come back close to duplicating these numbers again, but he'd fallen out of favor. I think probably inside the clubhouse. Well, they said all the right things, and they wanted to embrace their teammate, and I get that. It was it was awkward, and now he's going to, you know, uh, in all likelihood. Um, I mean, he's still going to be. Somebody's going to give him an opportunity. 95 just, was the number. No, 95 was the number. But it's not going to be on the north side of Chicago. And I think that's probably best for all parties to move on. Don't Yeah, you? I
1: think it's a clean break, and opportunity for him to get a fresh start. Wherever he, ha- he uh, ends up, there's going to be some blowback, some vitriol. And that's mm-hmm. going to come. And that's something that he's going to have to wear for the rest of his career. Yeah. Because just of an awful, awful thing yeah. that he allegedly done. But they're playing him second base. And you got Javi Baez over at shortstop, mm-hmm. who is an absolute wizard to take nothing away from Ozzie Smith. But he's <laughs> right. a good shortstop. Yeah, no, he is a good he's shortstop. He's a really good defensive yep. shortstop. And he, and, and he was plugged in there when Baez got hurt late in the year. But as a second baseman, he's not the same guy defensively. He's not the same. Plus, he is. he's never going to be, like you said, that offensive player I don't think that we saw never. during that season. Mm-hmm. Not just driving in the runs, but it seemed like... That was a season where he was coming up clutch. He was Could coming up with big wrong, hits. Right? Yeah, Could just, nothing Yeah. Every time there was a guy at second base of two outs, boom. Mm-hmm. He'd hit in the gap and the run would score. He just seemingly every single time. He's not that offensive guy, but he's a good guy. He is a still a very young player that you can build around that you can know we're set for the next six, seven, eight years at shortstop. We got a plus defender and a pretty good bat to go along with it. He'll get a fresh start. He'll get another opportunity and and get away from Chicago probably the best thing for him and certainly the best thing for the Cubs organization no question so who plays second base is it Ian
0: Happ Hap Bodie
1: Horner yes one of those three <laughs> right? those would be the three who do you like out of those three the most oh, for boy. for 2020 only let's not talk long term see i like Ian Happ i'm the same way if plug him in for 130 games ish uh-huh. And I hopefully like, he yeah. goes north
0: with the team and doesn't come to Des Moines to start right. the year because that was a shock last year. It was.
1: It really was that this guy. And it took him a while yeah, he to was get active. He the end of July,
0: wasn't he? Or, or certainly he was very close. He was awful
1: at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You could tell he did not handle that relegation no. very well. Well, he didn't talk to Tommy. Not not that you have to talk to the media. Not no. that you have to. But you should talk to Tommy
0: Birch. I would think so. Um but he didn't want anything he didn't want anything to to do with the the local media when he was in town and again there's nothing says he has to most right. do most do uh, very few don't uh, he didn't want anything to do with the i guess he didn't want a very little uh, paper trail of his times spent in our fair city we'll take a time out we'll come back we'll get back to the NFL vinny is going to join us uh, take a good look at the NFL, uh, both the AFC, the NFC, the playoff races. How about some coaching hot seats? How many?
1: Eight. Eight. Have See, you identified them? I looked at it a little bit, what was it, yesterday. Okay. I think I've come up with at least six of them that I feel pretty confident about. Both of them in New York? One of them in New York? None of them in New York? Both in New
0: York. So Gase gone one early. One and done. Okay. Get that guy out of Freddie there. Freddie Kitchens? Yeah, he's got to go. Uh, Quinn in Atlanta? Yep. Um, Patricia Deet? No. No? I didn't have that one on there. Okay. Um, who else would be on that list? Anthony, Anthony Lynn. Anthony Lynn. Boy, I hope not. I like Anthony. Did you see Rex Ryan break down, by the way, on Sunday morning? No. There was a piece and I didn't see the piece. Anthony Lynn, I guess during the off season went on a mission. Um I don't even know where. I I think I do but I'm not going to say cuz it could be completely off base. But I came to the piece when Samantha Ponder was asking Rex Ryan to opine on what he just watched and I guess Lynn and Rex Ryan are very very close. Okay? And Rex Ryan started talking about his friend. And Trent, this isn't just one tear running down his face. This was, he broke down. It, mm. it was very emotional. It was hard not to get emotional watching Rex Ryan get yeah. emotional. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll have to watch that. And anyways, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of them. Uh, Ron Rivera? Them. Yes. Yeah, good one. bye
1: Jason Garrett? There's another one. I think that might be it. I think that was my list. Flores is getting another year in Miami. Yeah. Zach Taylor gets another Taylor year, gets in year in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, because he's going to have the one. Obviously, Kingsbury's fine in Arizona. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think that's I think that's the list. Okay. Well,
0: Vinny, I will join us next. Miller and Condon take you until noon. Scott Dockerman coming up on Iowa at ten
1: forty-five. Oh, in Washington, Callahan. Callahan's not going to be back. Oh, he's
0: the interim, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's the interim. There's a good one, too. Uh timeout, We'll come back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. All through December 5th.
2: It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460
0: KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Let's get our friend Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News in here. We talk a little NFL with Vinny, Vinny, Trenton, Ken. Thank you for coming on as always. Um, You know, let's start with the AFC. Are we seeing a changing of the guard or tap the brakes? These are the Patriots. You're trying to push out the door. They They are ten and two. They are ten and two. It just feels different, Vinny. Maybe it's the fact that Tom Brady's not asked to be, you know, the the miracle worker. Seemingly, he's been throughout his entire career. Are we seeing a changing of the
3: guard? Well, I think we still have one more game to determine that. I mean, I think if they lose the Chiefs today, then you have to say yes, because you look at who they've lost to, it's all the other division leaders. And if you're the worst division leader, you wouldn't have a lot of confidence going into the playoffs. So you look at that, then, by the way, there's the Bills in round two. and It's not easy. They're going to have to face them here in a couple weeks. The Bills have a tough game in their own right, but they had a big signature win against the Cowboys on the road. They're playing the Ravens this week, so maybe the Bills start having a little bit of a surge here. So it's not the usual walkover in the AFC East. It's not just rolling over these teams. There's no Pittsburgh, but maybe Baltimore, Houston, Kansas City. These teams are maybe more of a consistent, dangerous threat to Pittsburgh where we knew what that outcome was over and over again. So I... I have to see what happens here against the Chiefs. I think if they can rebound here, win this game at home, you feel a little differently about the Patriots. But if they lose here at home, the Chiefs continue to build some momentum here, then you're going to really question that because they might have that record, but all of a sudden they might be trending more to the four seed versus the one seed, which significantly decreases their chances. When they're not a top two seed, they usually don't do well in the playoffs.
1: Tom Brady currently 17th in QBR in the NFL, but most, maybe shockingly, 26 in yards per attempt just behind some absolutely head-scratchers there. Is it the wide receiver crew, or is father time really catching up finally to Tom Brady?
3: Well, I think it's a combination of two things. They don't have the same pass protection they usually do, so he's not going to hang in there in the pocket, extend plays, and then get the deep ball to open up. They also don't have a Josh Gordon or and Antonio Brown, somebody who can stretch the field and hit those long plays. So he's got to kind of rely on the short passing game, and it's also really what their running game has been. They weren't doing anything. I think there was a little bit of encouragement there with the way Sonny Michelle ran in the first half against the Texans. The game got a little out of hand, but that was one of the best Patriots rushing performances we've seen in a while. So I think there are a lot of positives to take out of their offense in that game. I think you saw Tom Brady lead a comeback that was nearly successful. You saw their backs to the Michelle and uh, James White having a big impact again. Uh, some of the other receivers stepping up, so I think that's a positive thing going into this Chiefs game, and I think when you look at the game plan for the Patriots, it should be run, 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 and run some more against the Chiefs this week.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of teams may be looking at that uh, uh that tape last night from the Vikings and say let's run 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 against the Vikings because the Seahawks clearly did that l- uh, last night. Carson Penny put on quite a show. What did you learn Vinny about both of those two teams? Both of those two teams I think can come out of the NFC. I do, even though the Vikings find themselves right now as the 16, which means they're on the road for the playoffs should they advance week after week, but are we did we see two playoff teams last night and what did did you learn about them?
3: Yeah, I think the Vikings certainly can do some things in the playoffs. I think they're that good of a team. The Seahawks are pretty good, too. We know that. So I think we'll see both those teams in the playoffs. I think you do have to worry a little bit about the Rams. who are now just one game behind the Vikings. So it's not out of the woods yet, but the Vikings do have a favorable schedule coming up with the Lions this week while the Seahawks have to play the Rams in uh, Sunday Night Football. So I think overall, you look at it, I think any team that makes the NFC field has a chance to win the Super Bowl, not just win the conference, but go all the way. That's how deep it is right now. That includes the Cowboys or the Eagles because no Mm -hmm. one's going to rest tight if either of those teams make the playoffs because they know how talented they are. You know the Eagles have done that and won a championship with this current makeup. You know, the Cowboys certainly have the talent to do so. So all six teams, whoever makes this NFC field, whether it's the Rams or Vikings in the end at number six, All those teams are going to have a shot to win the Super Bowl.
1: When you look at that Cowboys team, and it is incredibly talented, injuries are part of any NFL season and any NFL team, but what's going on? Is it just as simple as Jason Garrett, the time has run out, and if they lose to Thursday night to the Bears, is it time to make a move in season?
3: Well, I think they'd have to strongly think about it because now you look at what the Eagles have. I mean, The Cowboys got lucky there. The Eagles lost to the Dolphins of all teams the Eagles' schedule is very favorable going forward still. Beyond that, mm. they have the uh, uh, Giants and Redskins back-to-back before the rematch with the Cowboys in Philadelphia. And then the Cowboys have some things to deal with here with the Bears and Rams back-to-back. So they've got some uh, tough things ahead. So they really need this game badly against the Bears. It's a bit of a toss-up game here on the road, too. Actually, surprisingly, same-level teams. If you said... Uh, The way you've seen Dallas play and the way you've seen Chicago play offense, you said they have the same record. You'd be crazy. But Mm -hmm. I think the Cowboys really need this game because, again, it's another Thursday game. So that makes the Rams game a very must-win situation there to kind of keep that cushion against the Eagles. So I I think there could definitely be a change this week if uh, they lose this game. And I I think it's a toss-up game for sure. On the road, short week, tough place to play in Chicago.
1: Speaking of the Bears, uh, a victory on the road against the Lions on Thanksgiving. Trubisky, as good as he's been this year, late in that football game. Now, albeit against the Lions secondary, that even with Darius Slay has been bad basically all season long. Your thoughts on him, and are you seeing the growth necessary to at least give an opportunity going into next year? What are your thoughts on Trubisky and this Bears team? Winners of two in a row. Well,
3: I think they've taken a long time to figure out the way they should be running their offense and. Anthony Miller has been showing signs all Mm -hmm. season. They're finally throwing to him in the right places. He's stepping up. It took a while for the second-year, second-rounder there from Memphis to really do work here in the passing game, but he's settled in nicely. got a good flow with the backs now with David Montgomery and Terry Cohn using them in the right spots. So, just had to get a feel for this offense a little bit more. I think they were kind of forcing Taylor Gabriel into the second target role uh, behind Allen Robinson, but I think Miller in the slot makes a lot more sense because you get the better matchups. You saw what he did to Justin Coleman of the Lions. I mean, just ate him up in the middle of the field. I think you look at the Cowboys. They kind of struggled in that area, too. So maybe another good shot here for Trubisky to stay hot at home. And if they win that game and maybe the Vikings stumble a little bit and the Rams stumble... Who knows with the Bears and the, the end of the season where it goes?
0: It's going to be a fun uh, sprint to the finish line. Any bigger surprise for you, Ryan Tannehill resurrecting his career in Tennessee, or Nick Foles imploding in Jacksonville?
3: Well, I predicted the Nick Foles imploding, so I have <laughs> to definitely go with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I didn't expect it to be this good. I mean, he's being very efficient with this offense. I think what you're seeing is that this Titans offense has a lot of talent and. Versatility, you just didn't see it with Marcus Mariota. The biggest difference between Tannehill and Mariota is that Tannehill's fearless right now. He really has nothing to lose. He's on a second chance team. Well, Mariota was like pressing, not wanting to make mistakes, mm-hmm. or Tannehill just lets the ball rip downfield. That's why he has a massive yards per attempt. He's been great off uh, play action using Derrick Henry, taking those shots. That's why he's had this uh, resurrection. So, again, sometimes it's the system and, uh, what can help around. And he's certainly in a better system now than he was in Miami.
1: We were talking about possible coaching changes. There'll be a slew of them as there is every single year. Black Monday, that'll come down. I want to go to your stomping grounds there in Charlotte, though, with Ron Rivera. Possibility, another loss, what, four in a row now out of the Panthers. If he is axed, which many people anticipate, you think he's going to be a hot commodity on the open market?
3: Well, that's funny because I think – People are talking about Jason Garrett, if he's available. Mm-hmm. Would another team go after him? Dan Quinn, would someone go after him just because of some of the stability in terms of just being the head coach is involved? Now, did Dan Quinn and Ron Rura have some issues when they started taking over the defense? And that, in the end, could cost them both. Yeah, as play callers and maybe personnel, divisors, they're not the best. But they're pretty good motivators. We've seen that. Both guys have taken teams to the Super Bowl. That's not by... Complete accident and right. just based on town alone. So there's that. I think there's going to be some appeal with Ron Rivera. I just don't know where. Maybe a team like Washington looks like we just need a stable force here, someone to just uh, clean things up here and go in that direction instead of uh, trying to go for the young hot shot. We just need some discipline on the team and go from there. So usually what happens is if you've got the young hot shot offensive creative mind, usually go the other way and go get the defensive disciplinarian and vice versa. And then you look at teams, any team that right now that has a lot of trouble offensively and that kind of has lost their way defensively, like the Redskins, I would say it would be in play for Ron
0: Rivera. Vinny, uh, Trent and I, before we went to our last break, we were going over, there could be eight or nine coaches. I think we came up with eight and missed Doug Marone in Jacksonville, Yeah, yeah. which I think clearly uh, the sand is running out of his hourglass. Vinny, that's eight or nine uh, could uh, meet their fate on Black Monday. That's a big number, Vinny.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Doug Marone has certainly not done well with this team. I mean, the effort here for the Jaguars has been pretty poor of late. I mean, they were getting blown out in every game with Nick Foles returning, and he took away the one thing that made the Jaguars kind of fun to watch, Mister yes. right. And he was so. I mean, that's partly responsible. The defense has also fallen apart here, and the effort hasn't been good. And they have some offensive pieces, but. In the end, maybe they'll just look to say, John DeFilippo, take over this team and move on from Doug Moreau.
0: Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News, SportingNews.com. Vinnie, thank you as always. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to you, Vinnie Iyer. Sporting News. Let's go over this one more time real quick okay. before we get to Doc. Freddie Kitchens, one. Agree? Mm-hmm. Yes. Doug Moreau, two. Okay. Anthony Lynn? Yes. Three. Uh, Gase? Yes. Um, Shermer? Let's go there. Let me go to the NFC. Oh, okay. You're going that way. Yeah, going that way. Um, Rivera? Yes. That's five? Yeah. Patricia? You say no. I don't think. Okay, I don't, okay. Yeah. Uh, Quinn in Atlanta? Yes. Six. We know Callahan's out seven. Uh-huh. Shermer is out in Giantville, I would think eight. Eight. I think Patricia's on very, very thin ice. Might put him into the mix there. And there's always one that surprises you. Right. One that comes out of nowhere. How about.
1: um, How about your Bears? That could be the one. That could be the one. Trying to save the job of Ryan Pace. Mm hmm. Give it one more shot. Go that direction. Nagy walks the plank. Yeah. Scott Dockerman joins the program next. Point being, there's going to be a bunch of
0: them. uh, Maybe eight, nine, as many as ten. Black Monday. Uh, We will uh, sadly be at that point in a few weeks. We'll be back with uh, Scott Dockerman as Trent and I I take you until noon. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.
2: KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460
0: KXNO. Alright, welcome back. Miller and to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Thanks to Vinnie Iyer from the Sporting News. Let's get our friend Scott Darkerman in here. Wanted to get Doc today, do a little hoop. Syracuse and Iowa tonight. Six o'clock tip-off for that one. It is the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Hawks with a favorable draw. Syracuse, the Orange, not very good this year. Scott Darkerman, good to speak with you. How are you, Doc?
2: I am well. I'm looking forward to uh, Bowl Selection Sunday. It's the biggest day of the year. Well, where are they going? Help us out. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start with uh, what I think's most likely, and that's still the Holiday Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at the, the you know, without, even if there's two only two teams up or three teams up in the New Year's Six on the Big Ten, the Holiday Bowl has shown the most interest in Iowa. Yep. There's a connection there. It's, Iowa hasn't been to California since the Rose Bowl, you know, almost five years ago. So I think this is a, a game that that uh, I think people want to have. So I would go there, but I also say that there's there's a chance the Citrus Bowl could be in play still. I doubt it. I think Michigan's probably the team that's going there. Um, and then on the fringes, I would say the Red Box Bowl if Iowa happens to, to fall um, you know beyond the Holiday Bowl, which is unlikely or possibly even the Music City Bowl, but I kind of think if any Big Ten team goes there, it's Indiana.
1: Interesting. Yeah, a lot of certainly directions to go. How many teams from the Big Ten get in? Is it three that get into the New Year's Six? Just so many dominoes that still need to fall, and uh, we'll find out that on Sunday. Well, Doc, we found out that Iowa got another victory against Nebraska on Black Friday, making it what five in a row against the Cornhuskers, and in a fashion that went a completely different way aggressive kirk ferentz mm. this is not 2009 kirk ferentz and i believe you asked the question in the in the uh, press conference after the game about the decision to go for the win
2: yeah i think it was uh, it was just fascinating to me because at any point in that drive iowa could have shut it down and, right. and i think people would have understood it to some extent i mean when you have well you're on your own 26 with 32 seconds left and then you have that that catch called back for some mm-hmm. inexplicable reason to me to this moment. Uh, and then on second down, you know, there was an overthrow uh, out of bounds. And so I think there was, what, 20 seconds left or something like that. At that point, almost every time you would say, okay, they're just probably going to shut it down and try to play for overtime. But instead, they went they went down the field again twice with Demir Smith-Marset and then Sam Laporta. I mean, it showed a lot of guts, I think. Um, and it showed a lot of faith in that offense, the passing game, to get down the field against that type of uh, defense. And then finally, the way Keith Duncan wrapped it up with a you know forty-eight yard field goal, you know, in the last play, roughly before the kickoff. I think it was just a it was a drive that should be remembered around here.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it, Docket. It, uh... Look, the game was really close at the end. Uh, There was never a point in the football game, honestly, that I thought Nebraska was the better team on the field. I thought Iowa was uh, the entire game long. And, you know, Smith-Marset, that that kick return. A couple of weeks ago, the same thing happened to the Huskers. They were playing Wisconsin close, got a touchdown in the game, the ensuing kickoff's return. Smith-Marset did it again. He's such a weapon, Doc. There's starting to be maybe a little buzz, maybe some questions being whispered at this point regarding his future and maybe he's one that at least uh, puts his name in the exploratory phase of the NFL draft he can run he can catch he's a dynamic weapon on that offense for Iowa what are the chances that uh, Smith-Marset at least takes a look-see uh, at the NFL draft
2: I don't know. I I guess I haven't really thought that much about that because the the wide receiver pool is so deep right now. Uh there's going to be probably five first rounders and several others beyond that. And I don't know that he enters that category quite yet. I think he could be a quality receiver and and player at the next level, but he's not really a first or second round talent. So he's probably down the the draft guy, you know, based on projection. And Mm -hmm. if I were him, I I would not do that. I don't think he's big enough. uh, And I think he's got some room to grow. And he's shown leaps and bounds growth year over year from his sophomore to his junior season. It's consistency. It's making catches with his hands. Um, You know, in that game alone, you had the kick return. You had the the reverse for a touchdown. And then Mm -hmm. you had, you know, arguably one of the bigger catches of the season. I think he's showing so much growth that I think next year could really boost his profile if he gains a little bit more weight, gets a little bit more consistency. Uh, instead of being a late-round draft pick, I think he has a chance to be a mid-round draft pick, which gives you the benefit of the doubt and gives you an opportunity to, to make you know a little bit more money and, and play uh, and, and more security at the next level. So if I were him, I would not do that.
1: Two-parter here for you, Doc, and the first – Last year we saw Noah Fant sit out the bowl game in preparation as he was an early entry into the NFL draft. Anticipate any of the guys possibly doing that this year for the bowl game. And then secondly, you know it feels uh, to many people throughout this year that A.J. Epinesa and Tristan Wirfs were going to be playing their final game. There was a a report out there, some rumblings, that maybe it's not the slam dunk that a lot of people are thinking. Bowl game, sit out, and then secondly, are those guys as good as gone?
2: I don't see anybody sitting out the bowls. That just there's never been a a suggestion or a link to something like that. I kind of wondered it about Fant last year because these these players are closer to their teammates than Fant was last year. I mean he you know he he was a great teammate. Don't get me wrong, but there was a little bit of a disconnect probably with the coaching staff. I'll just leave it at that. I do think though that with uh, you know going forward, yeah, there there are some people who are suggesting that they are not going to go pro and i at this point i think that's probably you know too early to to say one way or the other what, when you get to this month you start to look ahead you start to ask these questions because they're important questions uh about your future and so i you know what, i'm sure they enjoy their their experience at iowa like nothing else i know for emotional ties tj Hawkinson had the worst experience going through this because he loved iowa he loved going there it crushed him to actually leave but it was the smart move Mm -hmm. you don't get these opportunities what happens if he was the one with the high ankle sprain this year instead of brandon smith so i i don't know what they're going to do i don't know that they know what they're going to do so i think it'd be premature for us to to say that yes, they're definitely staying or going unless they come out and say it directly.
0: Uh, Doc, let's spend a couple of minutes on, uh, on hoops. Uh, what's the biggest surprise to you this year? Might it be Frederick's emergence on this team? Might it be Wieskamp? I thought he would lead the team in scoring night in and night out and he would take them only, they go only as far as he would take them, which is good to see that they haven't been relying on him, uh, to that, to do that, at least to this point. Biggest surprise to you, Doc?
2: You know, I really don't know yet, and that's, that's a really big question for this team because, uh, you know, last week I was surprised, frankly, that they beat Texas Tech, and maybe it was because I was thinking more about last year and what Texas Tech was, but the fact that they were able to do it and, and do it decisively was was impressive to me for basketball. And, and Jordan Bohannon, that's probably been the biggest surprise. because I thought he was <laughs> there was no way he was coming back, and then yet here he is. Uh, he's He's planning on playing through the Iowa State game and then deciding from there whether or not he – shuts it down or, uh, you know, returns. And then, you know, but I'd also say that Luca Garza's emergence has probably been the bigger surprise. Because Frederick is somebody that, you know, can really shoot from the outside and people are excited about. But I want to see what he does when he gets into the, you know, the meat of the Big Ten season and, you know, whether or not this continues. But Garza is, you know, leading the Big Ten in scoring. He's got ten rebounds a game. He's just been a real force. You know, and, and in all facets. And to me, I think that's been not, not necessarily as surprising that he's playing well, but he's playing at this level. So I, I want to see what he does tonight against that 2 3 zone. I want to see w- what he does, uh, you know, against Michigan, against Minnesota, against Iowa State. But I, I would probably put him more at the top.
1: You know, my biggest eyebrow raise about this team has been. They're playing with some toughness. It's still not an elite-level defensive team or anything like that, though it does look a little bit better. But there's some tough guys in there. There's guys that seem to want the ball and want those pressure situations. Frederick among them, Connor McCaffrey. These guys uh, have a little bit of an edge to them. Good to see with an Iowa basketball team.
2: Yeah, and that is probably a little bit of a, a departure from what we've seen in some of the teams from the past. Is This team is very much mentally tough. It's physically tough. Can it defend to the level it needs to to compete night in and night out against some of the best guards in America? that is going to be the major question for it and I don't know that answer and I think we'll find out in, over the next few weeks whether or not it's there or not I think they, there's the will and want to um, I don't know if there's if it's going to be able to be executed and regardless though you want to see this type of effort from this team um, it does show that there's a commitment there and I think that's really important because based on the departures that they've had and the injuries that they've already sustained, this would be an easy year to write off. And at least what we saw in Vegas is there's no plans at all for them to write off this
0: season. Yeah, it was a very encouraging trip, Doc, no doubt about it. All right, last thing for you. It's, It's difficult to do, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Make a case for Wisconsin on Saturday night in Indianapolis.
2: Wow, you know what?
3: <laughs>
2: I I think you have to. I can tell you how they can win. I don't know if they will, and that is uh, I think they have got to run the football effectively because that keeps Ohio State off the field and allows them to to kind of impose their will on Ohio State. And maybe that's just run straight at Chase Young, mm-hmm. you know, with uh, with Jonathan Taylor and come off the ball the way they do physically. Gaps down, pin and pull techniques, and really pound it at them and hold them down, you know, as long as they can. Then I think you've got a gear to stop the run because J.K. Dobbins is so good mm-hmm. that if you give him a crease, he's gone. So I, this is crazy to say. I can't even believe I'm saying it, but let make Justin Fields beat you. I think that's the <laughs> only way they really have got an opportunity. And, but that said, the, the one game, the one outcome that this situation could remind me of is. That uh, you know, 2003, Oklahoma was number one, unquestionably number one, and had blown teams out of the water all year long. And they were playing a nine and three K State team mm-hmm. with Darren Sproles, and that team won 35 to seven. That was the greatest shocker I've ever mm-hmm. seen. And I think this would be right up there if you had that kind of situation. No
0: doubt about it. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. The Athletic's got some great December uh, specials going on right now. If uh, you haven't pulled the trigger yet, highly recommended. Trent and I are both paying subscribers, and we're better off for it. Doc, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. Yeah, you do the same. Scott Dockerman. From The Athletic. All right, Zubin Mahente and John Walters. We will get John to opine on the Campbell extension about 11.45. Zubin, 11.15. Trent and I until noon. It's Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNI.